And Stoneville, Sandgate, Nil Meander, Nil Dotty, Yorkie, Spence, Curander, they're all up listening to Macca. Honestly. Ah, Macca, good morning. I was just on a side in that Wellington, standing by the Silver Fall, the big waterfall. We listen carefully. Yeah, I can hear it. I hope you can hear the water. I can. Uh, yeah, it's actually splashing down about me. Now, Wellington is in good health. Uh, I've got my mittens on, I've got my pack on, I've got my walking gear on, and after you stop talking, I'll head on up a bit. Do you walk right up, or you you live on Mount Wellington, do you? I live on the side, and I sometimes walk right up, sometimes I ramble around the side and look at the aspects which I'm doing today, especially the waterfall. Yeah, and you see a little paddling down, those little kangaroo things hopping about. Come down and find the mountain sometime later. <laughs> so you and me together. Dan's in Copeland. Yeah, no, just uh, Copeland, there's a little uh, freak camp on the road to Barrington Tops, just out of Gloucester. It's a beautiful blue morning, crystal clear sky. Nice open fire last night with the Kelpie dog, and it's just been peaceful and quiet. There's only a couple of people here. I could stay out here for another week. <laughs> it's so nice. Get on your Mac, I see you, mate. Book, book, Keith Bar, Salmon Gums to Goolawa, connecting up Australia on a Sunday morning. Yeah, Macker in the morning turns my week around. He picks me up when I feel down. Wait all week for Macker on a Sunday morning. The short waves beaming into Dilly. Southport's fine, Mount Barker's chilly. At Salisbury Plain, they're cleaning up the badges. For some, the radio dial is set, while others are surfing the internet. They're logging on to Macker on a Sunday morning. I wait all week for Macca on a Sunday morning. Me too. Good morning and welcome to the program. Uh, you can log on to Macca. 1300 700 That's our number. I love to talk to you wherever you are. All sorts of things this morning. Uh, I went to a food kitchen the other night. It was lovely. It was, uh, it's been um, Volunteers Week. And you just see the work around the place that volunteers do. Um, lots of emails. This came in from Andrew. Uh, just the other day, he says, here are some pics I took last year in Cuba. Remember we were talking about Cuba and the uh, uh, sugar mill, this entirely uh, Australia, it's called. Andrew says, I visited as part of a 12-month trip through Central and South America. I got dropped off on the main highway between Santa Clara and Havana and walked a few k's through the town of Australia. I then got a ride down to Playa Larga on the Bay of Pigs. The old cars in Cuba are not just for the tourists, they are a genuine form of transport, along with horse and cart, motorbike, sidecar and anything else that would get you from point A to point B. The old fridge freezer in these pigs still actually works. The Cubans are experts at keeping things running. They had to be. They also know how to use natural plants for remedies for the same reason. Cuba is an amazing place and I would recommend anybody going before it gets too touristy, says Andrew. That's interesting about... Um, they are experts at keeping things running. Um, I was talking to a bloke in the car industry the other day and he said, when we get um, panel beaters and people who work on cars from New Zealand, they they uh, they always can repair things because like here we tend to get, ah, oh, that'll be a new panel, that'll be a new panel, panel, panel. But in New Zealand they actually do the panel beating because not as much money flowing around. This is probably five, ten years ago. I don't know if the same exists today, but... Obviously, that's the same in Cuba. And I remembered two cards I got from Cuba from my friends um, who were travelling. Uh, Lyle, who used to work with us here, Lyle Smith, he says, uh, and it's from Cuba the other day, oh, it's late last year, just to let you know that we've just been to Cuba for 
10 days, a real eye-opener, took me back to my childhood with the whole place seemingly frozen in time. Glad we saw it before it changes. And the... <laughs> And there's a picture of a little band, like a marimba band. And, yeah, it looks beautiful and cars and stuff. And and from Beth, she says, we thought you, and he would, uh, we thought of you when we were in Cuba, so bought you a postcard. Live music is played everywhere, day and night, in parks and almost all venues. I can still hear Guantanamera going around and around in my head. Again, a lovely card about Cuba. Just... And I know what they are, like Dodgers and all these old cars. Certainly not even the 60s, from the 50s these cars are. There's ones that in the postcard. And lovely colours, two tones, blues and whites and reds. Fantastica, fantastica. Uh, and Bob says, For the bloke who rang in about a tiger snake with young inside, both my nieces are into snakes and one has a doctorate. So here's what they had to say, says Bob. Don't know where Bob's from, but it doesn't matter. He's from Queensland somewhere. Tiger snakes are what's called oviviparous, viparous, viparous. The eggs developed within the snake, then hatch inside the snake just before they give birth to live young. That sounds like about the right size, so he must have got the snake just before the young were about to be born. Remember the bloke rang up and said he killed a snake. I'm with Reptile Tas- Rescue Tasmania, says Deb Hunter. Listening to the bloke who killed a female tiger snake and a young, yes, snakes like tigers and copperheads give birth to live young. The bloke said tiger snakes were very dangerous, but that's not strictly true. Tiger snakes have a very toxic venom, but do not often actually envenomate people. Very few people die from snake bite in Australia, and those who get bitten most were trying to harm the snake or fiddle with it at the time. The majority of snakes will move through and go on their way. But if they are really in your face and hanging around, please call a qualified snake catcher in your area, says Deb. Deb, good advice. Bronwyn's in Nawi. That's in Sydney. Good morning, Bronwyn. Good morning, Macca. How are you? Yeah, good, thanks. That's good. I heard you advertising the Red Shield Appeal, and I just wanted to ring in and say I'm a zone director with the Salvation Army. Uh-huh. So um, I'm a captain in the Salvation Army, and um, Nawi's my area to organise some school kids to go out and collect and knock on doors this morning. So, um, well, everybody, day. everybody, wherever they are around Australia, should give generously. It's it's Red Shield Appeal Day right around Australia, isn't it? it exactly that. Yes. So it's a huge day for us that are organising it. So if it's, some little possum comes and knocks on your door, yep. smi- smile and give them five bucks or whatever you can afford. Exactly. Mm. Great idea. Thank you so much for that. That's a pleasure, Bronwyn. Tell me about yourself. How long have you been? You always been in the Salvation Army? No, I've been um, in a captain in the army for seven years, and I've been a member for, uh, since two thousand, so nineteen years all up. And how's it been? I love it. I love what I do. I love that I get to help people. Um, that I'm working with people that are in need. Um, it's the best job I've ever ever had. Well, that's a lovely thing to say, Bronnie. Have a good day today. It's you at, too, Macca. Okay, and uh, we'll see you soon sometime. Okay, bless you. See you. Bye. Bye. <laughs> Amanda's in Cayuga. Is that how you pronounce it, Amanda? That's right. You've had some good coaching, Macca. Oh, mate, coaching. <laughs> I wouldn't have said that. Anyway, go on. Where, yeah. where, where is it near for everybody? 
Oh, it's about uh, 10Ks um, west of Tongala. In Victoria? That's right, northern Victoria. That's a really uh, wet, bloody area. Who's, who's that interrupting you there? Oh, yes. Um, I, there's a bit of a queue. I haven't quite fed them all. They're sheep? Uh, no, they're uh, cows. Cows? Cows. Calves, sorry. Oh, it yeah. sounded like a little sheepy. Went no. yeah. but, but it's a little cow, a little calf. That's right. Yep. There you go. So yeah. you you milk cows, Amanda? Yeah, we milk cows, and um, this morning um, I've kind of got the milking off. I've just taken my milk and come over to the calves because I'm uh, helping organise the biggest morning tea in a car boot sale at the Koyuga Hall. The where? Uh, what hall? The Koyuga Hall. Spell that. K O. Y-U-G-A. We're putting uh, Cuyuga Hall on the map. Cuyuga Hall, yep. Yeah, and uh, we've actually bottled our first bottle, our first jar of homemade tomato sauce. <laughs> a, a local resident won the um, judging competition in 2018 and we've got around to bottling it for her. So Is- Heather Ford. Cuyuga sauce. Get on the sauce, Macca. <laughs> now, now, when's this biggest morning turtle up to come? When is it on? Uh, this morning. Oh, this, this morning. Friday. Oh, can't, yeah. can't come this morning. Well, come in. next year. Come next year. All right, Cuyuga Hall. Well, that tomato sauce sounds lovely. We were just talking yeah. last week to the lady about tomatoes, and yeah. she said the tomatoes in Morocco are fantastic. And I said, doesn't matter, you know, if you can't get a good tomato, it doesn't matter how rich you are. Um, a, a beautiful tomato is a beautiful thing, isn't it? That's right, yes. And Rich River Tomatoes have uh, sponsored our little uh, bottling event and they're going to sponsor us again next year with all the tomatoes. Well, look me up. If I'm still here, I'll be there. Um, all right. Amanda, how's the dairy business? Oh, uh, well, um, yeah, w- there's always another challenge, isn't there? So, uh, <laughs> where, yeah. would, where would we be without other challenges? So we just, <laughs> we'd be just enjoying ourselves, Amanda. But no, it's That's good to have right. a challenge, I suppose, as long as you can no. overcome it. It'd be nice if the politicians could uh, be up to the challenge, but I don't think they are. Anyway, um, that's another matter. I'm sick of hearing about politics, so we won't really uh, go there today. Aren't we all? Aren't we all? <laughs> um, good on you, Amanda. Good all luck right. with the morning tea. I'll, I'll mention it again yeah, later. Yeah, between Echuca and Tongala. So all those tourists in Echuca could come for a 25-kilometre drive. And, uh, yeah, signposted on the Murray Valley Highway. Please. All right. And say good day to Amanda. Good on you. Till two. See you, Macca. See you. Bye. Bye. The other day, the other evening, I called into a place in Janali in Sydney. Uh, come and meet the people. It's Volunteers Week, as you know. Come and meet these lovely people. I'm at, um, what's it called? I'm with Joshua's Ju- Kitchen. Ruth, isn't it? Yes, it's Ruth. How are you, Ruthie? I'm fine. And what happens here, Ruth? Well, at half past five, the doors open and the guys come in for a coffee. And then at six o'clock, we give them a beautiful meal of vegetables and meat. And tonight's shepherd's pie and uh, apple crumble. So they get their three veg and have a wonderful, safe time here. And some of these guys are here because it stretches their budget. Some are here because they have nothing else to do. Some are a bit lonely. And it doesn't mean you have no home. Some people don't have a home but live in the park. That's the way it is, and it has been for 20 years. We don't have any kids here tonight, but other years we've had families. And sometimes a mum who's just left home that day with kids needs somewhere to go. And the word Joshua's Kitchen is a place that's recognised in the Shire particularly. 
was a safe place to come. No questions asked, first names only if you want to give it. And everybody's welcome to have first course, second helpings, but we don't send food home. So you've got to be here to eat it. Tell me about the volunteers here who are working. Young kids, they're young kids, aren't they? Yeah, they're wonderful. We've got the volunteers from the church who were originals. Well, some of them are getting a bit older, but we've got such community support from people who have high-flying jobs in the city. And then we've got young boys, perhaps, who are doing the Duke of Edinburgh Award, have to do some volunteering. Well, they end up doing it and staying on. So we've got lovely Ewan here who's uh, second year uni and still doing it and enjoying it and being great. Ruth what's your story? My story is I'm many things in the community but I am a member at Janelle United and if we can't look after the people in the community what good's a church and so um, among other hats I wear this is a very important one to me I'm a cook twice a month and I love it. And I love working with volunteers because the volunteers get as much out of this as the people sitting at the tables because it's all very friendly and even nobody's looking down on anybody and even the ones in the kitchen, they have reasons for being there. It's not all smooth sailing and volunteering's a great way to see how well you are really. And there's something about being together, isn't it? Whether you're rich or poor. Absolutely. And I've also learnt the hard way that you don't believe everything everybody tells you (laughs) but that might be their truth that day and we don't question how we would be I'm always thinking there but for the grace of God go I I don't know what's around the corner how many of these people have had that in their life too where do you get your donations from to pay for food and things like that? Church people and the grants. We get a grant from tradies at mm. Guymere and uh, they also supply two volunteers every week. We're at the moment talking to another organisation who wants their 10 employees to come and be involved. People are willing to just buy something when I'm out shopping. Uh, we have one cook who provides it all the night's meal so that's her donation she wants to do it that way and she can cook whatever she likes and it's flamboyant and it's lovely I do the basics and tonight once I was called away I know the volunteers know how to do shepherd's pie and they are a great team and this is volunteers week Uh, Ruthie isn't it that's right and where would we be where would the world be without the volunteers it's millions of dollars worth of time Billions. That's right. Yeah, billions. Certainly. And you get paid back in the endorphins <laughs> that, that you get from helping people. It might be hard at times, and it's an eye-opener, and that's another great thing, you know. We need to see the way society really is. We can't be blinkered just by our own little world. Oh, exactly. It's, it's, it's whenever you go anywhere, it's an eye-opener, isn't it? You see how the other half live, as they say. That's right. And it's like a little country town. It might spread further, eastern suburbs and all, by the trains. But I'd never heard of anyone really living on the trains before until I started here. He knew every train timetable from here to Mount Victoria and knew that it would be warm in winter and pretty safe. And I'd think, how could I live my life that way? Nice to meet you, Ruth. Serendipity that we turned up here. We'll come another night. Good on you. Thanks, Ruth. Ewan's just having sweets. Tell me your story, Ewan. So I started doing Joshua's Kitchen when I was in year nine, about 15 years old, doing Duke of Ed. Then after that, liked it so much, I stayed. So now I'm turning 21 this year and I don't know, just keep on coming every week. It's kind of fun.
get to meet some new people and so on. What are you doing or have done at uni? Uh, doing history and language at uni. Probably need to change that if I'm ever going to go and work in international aid, which is kind of where I want to head off to. Nice bunch of people in the kitchen too. Yeah, lovely volunteers. Uh, we kind of get a, a bit of an influx every every year and some people stay, some people don't. Glenn's here, been here for a while, so is Dave. A lot of people from church. Uh, which is good. But we get people from outside of church and stuff like that as well, which is good too. And you're a local boy, you live in Janelli, do you? Ah, uh, Como. Just down the road. Yeah. Nice to talk to you. Nice to talk to you too. Good on you. Thank, Thank you. you. So, Glenn, how long have you been here? I've been here five years. You're sort of the foreman, are you? Or? Uh, one of them, one of them. But Ruth's the true foreman. But um, sort of out of my normal day to day, so I work in finance and banking and really just wanted to do something to sort of give back to the community and do something good, basically. So, I'm a local here and heard about it and came up and fantastic group of people here and volunteers the helpers as well and the patrons as well so it's been really rewarding it's a fantastic service they put on here so and that's the nice thing about life isn't it when you you think you're doing something to help somebody else it's a completely different feeling than looking after yourself and having a good time isn't it you know if you know what i mean you know it, it, it is and it's almost a little bit selfish in its own regard because you're kind of doing it to make yourself feel better but it's actually really it is really rewarding yeah. and I think the people that we service here enjoy the interaction and it's really good just to hear their stories and they open up, you know, when you come each week and you know everyone by their name and, you know, what they do and what they like and so, and Joe, you were talking about before that, that you missed, I now know who Joe is, so you yeah. were talking about, so Joe who goes for a swim that I talk about and yeah. he's a great guy. Some really good people here and you kind of see them come and go over the years, unfortunately, in some circumstances, but we get new people in all the time and uh, so yeah, it's really good to be part of and very rewarding. And how's the uh, finance industry, Glenn? Uh, going to be more charitable, I think, going forward. <laughs> um, you might see, we might see more people turn up here and be looking to do sort of volunteer work, I think. <laughs> it's, uh, there's good people in banking as well, but it, it is nice to sort of get in touch with real, you know, real people who are doing a bit harder and, and, you know, if you can help in that regard, it is pretty good. So. One Christmas I went to the Wayside Chapel and yeah, we did yeah. our program there and... Um, and I was quite amazed during the week before because we went up to, uh, to have a look around and there was a lot of young kids from banks yep. who were doing some sort of their weekly or a couple of weeks. They have to do, it's part of the deal. You have to do a week or two and whatever, but some community thing. So they were doing that. So yep. that's pretty standard now, isn't it? Yeah, I'd, I actually say that the banks do a lot. They're, they're actually quite good in that regard. So I've done that. I've done Wayside Chapel before through the bank and I'm part of various committees at work that really sort of pushed diversity and inclusion uh, and things that are beyond the day-to-day sort of corporate life. So I do, do a lot in that regard. Uh, we sponsor a couple of charities. We do work around that. So one is, I would say, it's Clontarf, basically. So Aboriginal boys um, and scholarships for education. So there is a lot of good work that goes on there. And it probably goes unnoticed against some of the headlines that you yeah, see in the industry. It's not a good story. We don't know. No, no, exactly We don't right. know about that. No, 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 no. But there is. There's we want doom and gloom. Exactly, exactly. So no, there is some good stuff. It just, unfortunately, is not the headline grabbers. So. Post-election, is that going to be better? Is everything going to be fixed now? Is that... Well, ScoMo's obviously a local boy, so... Yeah, does, you know, it, does, I wonder, be... does he turn up? I'll get him to come down. I've, I've seen Eleni Petnos has come down All right. and, and spent time with us. I uh, haven't, haven't seen ScoMo yet, but um, but he's doing the important things. He's going to the Sharks game, so... <laughs> but, yeah, no, I think a bit of stability will be good for what we need and maybe we get a, an interest rate cut in the next couple of weeks and everyone will be feeling good again. Good on you, Glenn. Yeah. Nice to meet right, you. You too. Good Cheers. luck. Well done. Thanks for coming Thanks. along. I was up on the banks of the Barwon with a lady called Jane Pye. She loves the trees. Come and meet her. 
I'm standing on the banks of what was the Barwon River. It still is the Barwon River. There's no water in it. And I'm with Jane Pye, who's a lady who wrote me a couple of emails and told me about her scar trees. Uh, we're not far from Walgett here, but uh, we're far from Jane's home. You live a fair way from Walgett, don't you, Jane? I oh, know, only 30 k's. 30 k's. Yeah. And what's the name of your place? Gingy. Your passion seems to be these scar trees. Tell uh, the world what scar trees are. Well, scar trees are... Well, scarred trees, they were, in our area where you had no rock and no cliffs, they were, not only were they trees the food source, but they are also the source for, for the art, for the shelter, for their tools, for their weapons. The trees were everything. But when the Aboriginals have removed the bark or the wood for various reasons, that's left a scar. And the scars, some of these old trees could be 500 years old, and the scars still remain. Like a gum tree canoe. They used to yeah. make gum tree canoes yeah. out of... Out of the red gums. Yeah. Right there. Yeah. They're lovely trees. It's a lovely part of Australia that m- many people, you know, if you live in Walgett, well, this is just, uh, you're used to it. But it's a beautiful place in lots of ways, isn't yeah. it? Even though it's so stark, if you like, especially That's in this time of true. drought. Why do you love them so much? I don't know. I just do. It's just something I'm passionate about. And I've got like indigenous friends and we go and look at the trees and we speculate how old they are and what the purpose because as the tree grows, when you put a hole in a tree, it tries to cover itself up so all the germs and grubs and everything don't get it. So the scars grow over. So what you're left with mightn't be anything like the original shape. Mm. That's why they're so interesting. They could be, you know, anything. And on the bank here, there's a little, it's a small midden, I suppose. Of What are they? They're like um, big oysters or something. Well, they're freshwater mussels. But down at the Narran Lakes, there's middens there because people have been gathering there for 40,000 years or more, thousands and thousands of people. And they've solid about a metre high and 10 metres long, these middens of, well, animal bones, but mostly mussels. And these mussels, they're as big as your hand, big as a man's hand, yeah. some of them, they're huge things. So they'd make a meal, that'd be a lovely meal, wouldn't it? Oh, yeah, and they'd party on there for months. Will they come back when the water comes back to the river? Well, I think there'd be some left in the mud. They'd be a bit like yabbies, but, yeah, I don't know. I think they'd I think it'd want to hurry up with a lot of things, with the farmers and the mussels and the yabbies and the fish. How long have you lived out this way, Jane? All my life. So I was born out near between Corinda and Bawarana. It's a beautiful place because the people are what make it. You know, people come out here and say, oh, it's, you know, it's ugly, it's drab, it's got nothing going for it. But we do because the people are so solid and we'll still be here. Even if it doesn't rain for another two years, we'll still be here. It just gets harder, you know. One of the things you do is take photos of these scar trees, don't you? Yeah, so I put them on a website just to, um, I think it may be an advantage or some historians might like to look back on it, In you know. Whenever they get interested, hopefully they'll be able to come and if the trees have gone, some are dying, especially in the drought, they're going down in the drought. If there was a fire, you'd lose a lot. and We don't get fires, but they're a national sort of treasure. It's like history is on the trees and we should respect that because we've got a very long history. You don't, you don't have to be, you know, it's not a black and white thing, it's an Australian thing. This river, the Barwon, you say that this is the Barwon now, but this is not the Barwon that used to be. This is the modern Barwon. <laughs> Tell me. <laughs> so about um, the last ice age, which is about uh, 12,000 years ago, the river changed course. And the people who were living in that river would be going through what, you know, back then, going through what we've got to go through now. As farmers, you know, we've got to adapt to different circumstances. And they did that very well because they're still here. And they didn't have technology and they didn't have social security. So, you know, they're, very, they're an amazing people. Where is that river now? Uh, well, it's underground. So they call it a paleo river. So all that's left on the top is a few patches of red gums. They've got their roots down in the water and sand hills. That's basically it. That's all that's left of the river. It's a lovely spot, isn't it? You can hear the silence. Fantastic. Lovely, beautiful place to be, isn't it? I wouldn't live anywhere else. <laughs>
<laughs> Jane, thanks for bringing me out here and thanks for informing Australians about these lovely scar trees. They're a beautiful thing, aren't they? Oh, yeah, they can see them on my website, so that's www.scartrees.com.au and there's thousands there to look at. Thanks for coming out to see them, Marco. It's a long way from Sydney. Good morning, Ian. It's Marie Knight from Coonabarabin. Um, well, actually, we're in the Warren Bungles. I'm out feeding some calves and lambs at the moment and I'm the lamb jumper lady. All oh, right, yeah, you made the little jumpers, and that's coming up to that time now. Is in winter, isn't it? Yes, we've we've actually so far given away over fifty thousand, and a lot of that's thanks to a lot of your lovely um, listeners that have knitted some most amazing jumpers. But now we're looking for some farmers that would like a few because we don't need jumpers, but we do need some farmers that might need them. And yeah, we are coming into that town. We've time we've sent about three thousand out in the last three weeks. So. And it's going to be cold. I think there's a cold snap coming because winter will come. Uh, winter comes. Yes, she will. Um, and, and it's it's just hard. The ewes are not in great condition. Uh, we haven't even put a ram out this year because it's just the the ewes have done three hard years. You can't do it to them for a four. No. But there are a lot of people that are ringing me saying same as last year. The they're having multiples and they're just not up to looking after them. So yeah. you've got uh, you've you you if uh, farmers need some jumpers for their little lammies, get in touch with you. How do they do that, Marie? They can jump on our Facebook page, which is just Lamb Jumpers um, helping our farmers. Or um, I'm on Facebook, Marie Knight, or I'm easy enough to look up in the white pages, Marie Knight. Marie Knight at Coonabarabran. Yep. We'll have to come. Us. We're going to come to Coonabarabran too. I meant to come when the fires. How long ago were the fires? Two years. Uh, no, that was oh, the last, the Bikina Barren ones were in 13 and uh, the Casillas ones were, um, yeah, two years ago. Yeah. We need to get you to come up and do a dance for us. Well, we'll do it. You find us a hall, we'll be there, okay? I'll get you a hall, we'll get the CWA <coughs> and Rotor in and we'll get you in. That'd well, be wonderful. All right. And then they get in touch with you, uh, Marie Knight, on, or in the phone book or Lamb Jumpers. Helping what? Farmers? Is that Helping our farmers on Helping. Facebook. Did you like our calendar? I did. It's lovely. I put some photos up there. Little, ladies and gentlemen, when you see a little lamby with a little woolly jumper on, it's just just the best. And those calendars, we, go, we gave $14,000 to CWA and Rotary to give back to farmers too. So um, your listeners have been wonderful with everything. They are. They're wonderful listeners. They're the best. It, makes, I... it makes us farmers feel like we're part of a community. We are. And we we're are. not alone. We all are. Good on you, Marie. I'll, I'll be in touch. Get wonderful. That, Thank get you. Get the sawdust on the floor. See ya. Bye. Stephen's in Clare. Good morning, Stephen. Good morning, Macca. How you going? It's, oh, it's fantastic. I'm looking out over a a, a golden vineyard. The sun's just poked through and and sort of through the mist, and it's been raining up here. Fantastic feeling. I'm up here on a road trip with uh, uh, with three other guys, staying with a mate, and we're we're off over to Mount Bryan East in a little while because between eleven and three, the uh, the Netfield Sir Hubert Wilkins's birthplace is having its open day. So. Um, but, you know, I, we're up here with a few board members from the Wilkins Foundation, and you might not know, or you, I think it was on ABC this last week, that uh, that our patron, um, Dr. Richard Harry Harris, the co-Australian of the year, has become our patron, because he, he's got Wilkins as a bit of a hero, and, and his, his, his message to Australians is, um, unlock the inner explorer, and Sir Hubert's a really good touchstone for that. 
So um, yeah, so that's where we're off. We're off to see the the homestead, and quite a few of us, you know, haven't been up there before. I have. I've been up a few times, and uh, yeah, it's a, it's a great thing to do. So people from Adelaide could still uh, get in their car and get up there for 11 o'clock. <laughs> a lot of people have, because uh, uh, I've read the book, Simon Nash's book yeah. about their last yeah. explorer, and I know, yeah. and Dick Smith alerted me to that, and the fact that uh, his plane, yeah. he's got the um, the uh, call sign on his tail for Sir Hubert Wilkins. Um, yeah. So a lot of people know about Sir, well, not a lot of people, some know about Sir Hubert, um, an amazing man with submarines and all sorts of stuff. Yeah. An well, invent- Simon, inventor and yeah. explorer, wasn't he? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, he's a, he's a true Renaissance man. I mean, he was a genius in many areas, what they call a polymath. But he was practical, too. He could do things. He could fix engines. Because he was brought up, used, knew how to use a forge, and he just knew how to make things and do things. And he's he's a remarkable guy. And we, our, the Wilkins Foundation, which is wilkinsfoundation.org.au, um, uh it's designed partly to help bring Wilkins home digitally. So we, we've got this website where we hope to get all sorts of pictures of his things that he owned. It's all in America now at the Ohio State University. It's a huge archive. I mean, I mean huge. He kept everything. He's, a, he's an amazing guy. And, and that collection is there now. And people can find out more about the guy, I reckon he's the most interesting Australian that's ever lived. That's a big call. Mm. But he's interesting because he was over so many different domains. So I'm writing a book about him, about what made Wilkins tick. And eventually, <laughs> I hope to get that out, but it's a, a work in progress. How far <laughs> off uh, is you reckon that is, Steve? Uh, well... I'll do it as an e-book first because I've got so many footnotes. I just wanted to, I wanted to research it. it. I don't think, I mean, I think a publisher look at, looking at it would go, oh, my God, <laughs> forget it. I mean, there's 400 footnotes and some of them are half a page long. But I've got the narrative of it, of what made him tick. What was, what was his philosophy? What were his values? What, were his, what was his character? What did people think of him? All that sort of stuff, just as a person, not just what he did, which is fantastic, but what he was and how he did it. That's what's really interesting. And that's why I say he's the most interesting Australian that's ever lived. Yeah, <laughs> wouldn't it be interesting to go back and talk to people like that? And, oh, wouldn't and, it? Eh? Wouldn't it? Yes. Yeah. That's what my mate Rolly says. Go back 100 years and wouldn't it be yeah. fantastic? Yeah. Anyway. Well, the, thing about, the thing about Wilkins is he knew so many of the important people in the world. You know, um, he, uh, you know, he was in between those wars and he was a spy and he did all this stuff that we yeah. don't know about. It's all locked up in American files somewhere. Well, We're going to try and get to them. You get it out and let us know. When you said... Um, he, he had so many important friends. It reminds me of the lady who said that she came home from this do with a with a grandfather, and she, she said to him, she said, Pa, she said, you've got so many important friends. And he said to her, yes, darling, he said, but it's no good unless they're going to put a quid in your pocket. <laughs> <laughs> Love it. <laughs> me too. Good on you. Love it. All right, Macca. Thanks a lot, mate. Thanks, Steve. Bye. <laughs> Bye. Joe's in Norseman. Morning, Joe. Good morning, Ian. It's lovely to talk to you. I've always wanted to do so. There you go. Uh, it's about three degrees here. The days are lovely. Real uh, three degrees? Yeah, I Ch- think so. It was supposed to be. It could be less. Yeah, wow. Here you go on. 
And what are you do? What are you doing there, Joe? You live there, or you're travelling, or what? Uh, I shifted here two years ago. Um, I lived in Esperance and uh, Esperance District for many, many years, and grew up here as a kid. Couldn't afford to build a toilet in Esperance. <laughs> came to Northern where the houses are cheap, and yeah, very cold in the winter, extremely hot in the summer, very dry, not much rain, but it's home. And where you got those lovely salmon gums around you, haven't you? Uh, a bit further uh, south, yeah, between Esperance and Norseman, yes. Oh, there you go. Yeah. Um, it's a great place to live. The people are nice. It's um, Mining is going to be starting up again in about 12 months in what, one of the big mines. What do they mine there, Joe? Um, gold. Uh-huh, yep, right, gold. yep. And we have nickel going through on the trains every day, quite a few times a day. Um I love, if you don't mind me saying, I love listening to your show, but I'm actually curled up in my bed having breakfast. Oh, um, dear. Yep. And, and I love the fact that you're a true blue Australian. You talk about the problems of Australia. There's no logic, is there, in most things? No, there ain't. Exactly. I say open up the factories, put people to work, stop buying overseas, get rid of computers. <laughs> I'm on a mobile phone and I hate them. <laughs> I've only just learned to answer my calls. Like, <laughs> You're a bit like me. You're a cave. Oh, I, I actually hate it. Yeah, cave, yeah. cave dweller. Yeah. I, I am. Yeah, I'm not very. Um, I'm not very switched on, uh, Joe. But um, yeah, some of the things you say are exactly right. Everybody needs a job. But look, onwards and upwards. Maybe things will pick up. Maybe they should raise the interest rates rather than keep dropping them. Maybe they should raise them. Maybe things would start kicking on. Then who knows? It's all about. It's all about greed and power, isn't it? Yeah, often it is, but there's some good people around who are trying hard for us all, like you and like lots of people, Joe. So let's keep hoping, eh, and doing the best we can. Absolutely. Good on you, Joe. Lovely to talk to you. And you. Thank you very much. It's a pleasure. Bye. Bye. Hello, Ian. Yeah. Uh, It's Malcolm here. (coughs) Sorry, I missed you before. Something went wrong with the phone. Yes, Malcolm. You paid a um, a sound grab from must be twenty five years ago when I rang you from Samurai Beach. Yes, 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 yes. Yeah, I'd I'd never heard it before. I know I was talking to you, but I'd never heard it, and um, so I just thought I'd ring and let you know that I still haven't got any pockets. <laughs> Samurai Beach was the, well. I played three grabs. I played a, a grab from a bloke who was in West Iriana, and he was saying um, he, somebody had asked, "Was the um, was the glaciers still melting there?" And he yeah. said, "Yes, they're slowing melting." And I wanted, I wanted to know. I'm, I mean, I don't look up uh, YouTube or anything. I wanted to know if they were still melting, mm-hmm. or if they disappeared, or whatever. And and, and there was a, another grab, which was you, it was on Samurai yeah. Beach, and I said, "Oh, that's the first call we've had from Manuda's Beach." That was yeah. Well, this is. The second call we've had from Manutas then. <laughs> Where, where's Samurai Beach for everybody? Uh, Port Stephen. Uh-huh, in um, New South Wales. In New South Wales, yeah, yeah on the uh, north of Newcastle. Mm. Yeah. And, so and I still you, haven't, and you haven't li- got any pockets. No, you live there. No, I'm, I'm living at the, well, staying at the moment at a nudist camp west of Newcastle. Right. Hey. Um, there's... You know, a lot of you, people are actually naked underneath their clothes. But yes, of course. Just, Everybody yeah. is. Um, and have you, have you got any clothes on at the moment? No. Well, how are you listening I, to us? Are you, are you out on the beach? Are you, how do you no, carry I'm, your radio? Around your neck on a little string? No, something, in the caravan. Oh, you're in the van. In a, yeah, <laughs> in a van. and got, got it going through the speaker so even the koalas can hear it. 
Well, there you go. Yeah, yeah. It's funny, after that call from Samurai Beach, I went to see my mother, mm. and uh, my mother, she listened to, well, she used to listen to you, and she said, that was you. I know where you've been. <laughs> so that was at least one person listening in those days. Yeah, and uh, <laughs> yes, and how's the nude life, uh, Malcolm? Very good. Is it? Very good. Yes, we... Um, we travel all over Australia, and it's um, there are many, many places to go, many beaches, and uh, yeah, it's very good. You don't have to pack much. No, I wouldn't have thought so. No. Yeah. Well, Malcolm, yeah. it's nice to nice yeah. to, nice to know you're listening, and uh, thank you very much for your call. And um, yeah. I'll have to come to Samurai Beach sometime. But are you, oh, allowed, yeah. are you allowed to wear your clothes if you come there, or no? yeah, we call you textiles. All right. Yeah, textiles are allowed. All right. <laughs> Thanks very much, Ian. Good on you, Mel. Bye. Bye. You've been listening to an ABC podcast. Discover more great ABC podcasts, live radio, and exclusives on the ABC Listen app.